the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Well, what do you know? It's a Tuesday, and that means it's show day. Welcome to Tune In Tuesday on the Mess It Up Podcast. I am your host, the Bowtie Guy. I'm here with my lovely wife, Bev, who's joining me once again for the show. Hi, folks. And we are going to hopefully bring you an half an hour or so of just delightful conversation and just spirited repartee. What do you think? Ooh, yeah, I like that That's not word. even our word of the week. Ooh. Uh, so we'll get to the word of the week in just a little bit here. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to find out what it is so that I can actually do that on the show. Well, fair enough. So. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, well... I don't. I, I may have already used it as word of the week. I think you did. I, it, it it could be. It, it might not be. Who knows? I mean, I guess the best way to do it is to check and see if it has happened in the past. Uh, but uh, for right now, I can say that uh, I don't know if we've done it. We actually have. I'm looking right here. Or no, no, that's no, that's that's gumption. Okay. So hang on, hang on. No, we didn't do it. So well, there you go. There you it's going to be a, a word of the week in the future. Uh, where we'll have some sparkling repartee. Uh, so I'm putting that in right now. Repartee. Okay, we got it. Uh, look for that. Oh wow! I just happened to look. That, that's our Christmas special. Oh. Uh, I might have to. I might have to change that yeah. date to, to give it more of a Christmassy well, it thing. But like anyhow, party. It's, so it's so in there. sounds good to me. All right. Fair enough. Uh, anyhow, enough blather. Yeah. On with the show. Uh, we are here to bring you some joy in your ears on a beautiful mid-November day. And we're just so happy that you've decided to spend some time with us and hopefully we make it worth your while. If you do find that it is worth your while, one of the ways that you could say thank you to us is become one of our rebuilders with Messed Up Ministries. We are launching, or we've launched, the Nehemiah Project. Nehemiah was the guy who went back after the Babylonian captivity and rebuilt the walls in Jericho. And we are rebuilding the walls of our Messed Up Ministries building in Ridgecrest. We are also going inside the walls of the prisons in California. And so we are inviting people to help with Messed Up Ministries by being rebuilders, joining Project Neum, or the Nehemiah Project by texting the word MUM to 760-WALLS-CA to become a monthly supporter of the ministry. All of your donations are tax deductible. They are extremely, extremely... Um, appreciated. We we really need uh, more than ever to have your financial support because this building project that we're, we're getting this building to, to renovate the building and make it ready for use with Messed Up Ministries is going to take a lot of time and effort and some funds as well. So we appreciate all of you who have joined in on that and we thank you to those who are joining in with us to do that. So once again, that's 760-WALLS-CA. Text the word MUM and it'll walk you through all the rest of it. Bev, right now, I want to talk to you about what our word of the week is. Okay. It is charisma. Ooh. And charisma is one of those words that uh, has multiple connotations and meanings. One of them has to do with the charismatic movement in the Christian church, which churches and denominations like uh, Foursquare Church and Assemblies of God, charismatic. You might think of it as Pentecostal, a little bit more of the woo-woo factor in, uh, in church. A lot of people think of it as speaking in tongues. By the way, this has nothing to do with any of it. But look, Bev, there's a hummingbird on your hummingbird feeder out there. I see that. He comes every day. very charismatic. And what charismatic is, is something that has like charm. 
or inspiration or draws people to them. You might think of a, a, a speaker or a leader who has a lot of ability to just get you inspired and make you want to do what they do. That's, that's charisma, that drawing power. And hopefully we've got some charisma as Christians to bring people in to know Christ the way we do. If you can use the word charisma or charismatic in your sentences this week, give yourself the standard 10 bonus points each time you do because we're very, very happy to have you joining in with us in the Big Word of the Week game and making sure that people have better vocabularies than when you left it or met them. So you are, you're charismatic for me. Ah, thank you, Bev. So, I am not silvery tongue. I'm having a hard time. I feel like I'm stumbling over all of my words today. Well, I just it, need to stop it and breathe. probably would have been a little more authentic if I knew I wasn't getting 10 bonus points for saying it, but that I, is, I would have said it even without the bonus. Well, points. I appreciate that, 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 that now it feels a lot worse. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, it kind of leads us into the conversation that I wanted to have today on the program, Bev, because we are sitting right next to each other. Right now I'm working with one microphone. Normally I, I've worked with multiple microphones, but one of my microphones, the cord, uh, didn't, uh, it had a loose wire or something in it, and it's an older cord. It's an older kind of connection, and so I haven't been able to find a replacement cord for it yet. So we're just working with one microphone, and what that means is that we are having a little bit of goofiness with microphones. So we have to be sitting right next to each other. Normally, I like to look at the people face-to-face, but we're sitting next to each other. We are in very close proximity. But it was posed to us this weekend uh, in a message by our pastor that proximity does not necessarily equal intimacy. So that's the thing that I wrote down from his message this week. I thought I would like to talk about that a little bit more. So I want to look a little bit at what proximity means. I want to look a little bit at what intimacy means and how those things might converge and how they might miss each other. So the idea, first of all, of proximity, we know proximity to be things that are close to each other, but um, I, I think that there's a lot of ways that proximity can work because like anything, it, it matters what your level of magnification is because California is in close proximity to Oregon. But if I had to walk from Southern California to Northern Oregon, that's a long, long walk. So just because things are close doesn't mean they're necessar- necessarily super duper close. Uh, so Bev, when you hear about proximity, what comes to mind with that? Mm. Uh, an elementary kind of a definition would probably just be close to. I mean, I just think of the words close to. Mm-hmm. Is, what did you get? You just, I, I saw you just Google that I was just to look word. at it. It says nearness in space, time, or relationship. I like that. Space, time, or relationship. Because it's not necessarily just that, that touching um, you know, uh, an event can be close to something um, and have a, a proximity to it as well. And and those relationships, I think, are where we really get into a proximity that we want to talk about with intimacy. And I think uh, Pastor Aaron's point was that just because you might be close to something, maybe you work with a person every day, does not mean that you have an intimate relationship with them or even that you like them. I'm sure we've all had bad neighbors uh, yeah. or yeah. maybe if you haven't ever had a bad neighbor, maybe had a bad neighbor, <laughs> maybe you are the bad neighbor. I know I would had both in college. I had bad neighbors and I was bad neighbors. When I think of a, 
a bad neighbor situation. I remember laying in bed one morning and I, I had classes, usually my classes started after 10 o'clock. I did not like to be up early. And so my neighbor on the other side of the wall, the apartment on the other side, was a person who was up early and going to class at, I think, like 8 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And so they had the music going in their apartment. And they were in the shower and they turned the stereo up so they could hear the sh music in the shower. And they were playing on the radio, Tone Loke. And it was the song Funky Cold Medina. And I had nothing against the song Funky Cold Medina or Tone Loke. I, I enjoyed both of them. But at 8 in the morning, it was just too much for me to handle. So they're playing the song and I, I'm trying to think what would be the best way for me to get them to stop playing this song. And so I thought, I know, I'll bang on the wall. Oh, gee. I won't go over there and knock on the door and ask them to turn out. I'll just bang on the wall and let them know, hey, a little bit loud. You know, international apartment sign, you know, you bang on the floor, the ceiling, or the wall. Just let people know, too much noise, turn yeah. it down. So I bang on the wall, nothing. Bang on the wall, nothing. So I make my banging louder. And eventually, my neighbor comes over to visit after the music turns off. He's like, hey, man, you, you, you knocked my clock off the wall. What's going on? I was like... <laughs> Well, your music was playing so loud. I was banging on the wall to try to get you to be quiet. And, and I didn't know you had a clock on the wall there. But, you know, hey, don't play the music so doggone loud and your clock won't get broken. So we were both simultaneously being bad neighbors. Bad neighbors. I, I had a bad neighbor and then I became a bad neighbor in trying to deal with my neighbor. And we had a pretty close proximity. There was the wall was all that stood between us. And that means about five inches of space separated our living spaces oh, was, wow. was just a five inch wall so very close proximity but not any intimacy going on there because if i had better intimacy with the fella i could have called him up i would have noticed phone number i would have gone over and knocked i might have even had enough intimacy that i could just walk through the door and go say hey maybe maybe turn this down or something like that uh, you've you've looked something up. I don't know if you've got something to say. Well, or... no, I was going to hold it for a little bit later. Okay, um... okay, you're, okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. So, uh, so proximity is being close. Now, intimacy, we think of. I think immediately things come to mind with intimacy. There's there's romantic intimacy, and we're not talking about that romantic intimacy. We're talking about a closeness, an understanding mm -hmm. of something. Your father was a lifelong plumber and he mm -hmm. has an intimacy mm -hmm. with plumbing that I don't have. He knows plumbing way mm -hmm. more than I know because he's spent the time with it and he's gotten to understand all the intricacies, the ins and the outs, the things you can do to help, the things that might cause a problem. I, on the other hand, have an intimacy with uh, Arsenal football. I know Arsenal football team very well and, and you know, have a good understanding of little things that a lot of people might not know. I have that intimacy with it. I see your mouth moving oh, again to talk. Yeah, I was thinking that um, you used the word uh, knowledge, and um, I would automatically tie those two words together, that without knowledge of whatever it is that you're being intimate with, whether it be plumbing or arsenal football or whatever, uh, I feel like you have to have a knowledge of that before, you know, an understanding mm -hmm. of that. Because I think you could be in close proximity with somebody, like we were talking about at the beginning, comparing the two, but not really have an understanding of it. I can be standing next to 
Uh, we were watching a show about um, spacecraft, NASA going up into space and all that. I can be standing right next to a rocket ship and I can be close to it. I can be in close proximity to it, but not understand it. Right. But with intimacy, I know what I'm standing next to. I know yeah. what to expect. I know what, what has been the history mm-hmm. and why it is that I'm intimate with yeah, that. Yeah, when we flew to Hawaii, we were all on the plane. We were very close proximity mm. to the plane, but the pilot was the one that had the intimate knowledge of how that thing worked mm-hmm. and was able to operate it. And I think with intimacy, there also comes beyond knowledge. Also, I think there's uh, an element of trust when yes. we have intimacy with people. To have an intimate friend that I can share things with there there needs to be a level of trust that is developed before that intimacy can start and i think you also have gradients of intimacy you know some people you might be a little more intimate with than others based on uh, knowledge based on the time you've spent with them based on trust based on maybe you've given them a little bit of information and they've kept that information so you think okay i can give them a little bit more uh, it's like with our children, we don't just give them the, the keys to the car without training them. We, we go out and we ride with them for a little mm. bit. And then we say, okay, well, you can go down to the store to get gas. And eventually we give them more and more of that trust. Uh, Do you think that um, in order for you to be in a relationship with someone that is intimate, do you think that other person has to have that same intimacy with you? Does it have to be on both sides in order for it to really be an intimate relationship? I don't know if it needs to be uh, reciprocal, but I think if it is reciprocal, then it will grow more. I think that a person can feel an intimacy with someone and it's not shared and they'll feel as though they can open up about things and and the other person doesn't want to receive it or doesn't feel it. And so uh, I don't know if that would qualify as intimacy yeah, if both people either. don't. Um, perhaps it's not an intimate relationship, but one person feels that they can be intimate where the other person does not feel like they can. And I've been on both sides of those where I've been the overshare and I've had people who have overshared with me. It's like, look, we're just not that close now. I don't want to solve this problem mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that, um, that that is, is there while we were talking, I was just, I was just, ta- did a quick, um, Google search on trust versus intimacy is because intimacy requires vulnerability, not trust. It requires a person to accept the risk that the person with whom they're being intimate may hurt them. Therefore, the highest level of positive intimacy depends on risk tolerance, not trust, which I think is is an interesting thing. And and that, that idea of risk tolerance, like I am willing to take this chance. Uh, I was having a conversation with my friend Donnie this morning and we were talking about uh, there was a, a crash this weekend at an air show in uh, Texas, and we were talking about people who do those type of things and fly and, and take risks and you know do the free climbing on rocks and and have that that idea of trying to defy mm. death. And I made the comment to Donnie. I said, you know, I really just I don't need to be on the other side of the Snake River Canyon as much as. Evil Knievel felt like he needed to be there. Right, I was fine right, on my side. He right. felt like I should take this rocket jet across and crash and, and get severely hurt. And that's not a a risk that I want to take because the reward of the, the thrill does not 
counteract to me the the risk and the possibility of the great um, discomfort and harm that could come from it. And I think with relationships with people, there is that that factor as well. Like I'm sure we all have people that you can think of right now that you can be extremely intimate with and you can just share whatever. And I think there's other people that you are not willing to take that risk because that person has not proven to be worthy of taking that risk. They'll hurt you. They'll use that information against you or they'll throw it in your face or they'll ridicule you or they'll tell other people. Um, so I think that there, I, I think that that idea of, of risk uh, uh, tolerance, I, I like that phrase, risk tolerance. I think that that's a, a good thing to weave into there. Yeah. Um, launching into a, a spiritual or a, um, a relationship with Jesus, looking at that, I think that you just talked about trust and risk. Uh, I think how I know that Jesus is trustworthy is because he told us just flat out in the Bible to count the cost before following him. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody is willing to do that and say, all right, uh, you have the power to take it or leave it, but look at it real carefully before you decide. Um, I think that that would be somebody who's being pretty transparent with you. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, I mean, I just feel like in a lot of friendships, in a lot of marriages, in a lot of engagements, I hear stories uh, about people who withhold information. And then later on when they find out why the, the friendship or the marriage, you know, the relationship didn't work is because they didn't really know that person. And they, they were, there was something about them they weren't willing to release. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And I don't have a great transition, but I do see that the time is telling us, you know, we should go into this. So we're going to pick works. that up on the other side of the song of the week. But our song of the week this week is a song by the band Unspoken. It's called Love is Everything We Need. So we're going to give you about 90 seconds and see if that's enough for you or if you need more. But we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. So here's Unspoken with Love is Everything We Need. Wait, hold on. Yes, Love is Everything We Need. I wasn't sure if it was you need. Love is Everything We Need. Time to stop, Paul. 90 seconds worth of music. Love is everything we need The devil is crafty and we fall right into his trap We might not be swinging a fist But we'll talk behind somebody's back How are we gonna look like Jesus When we're only looking out for ourselves Real love is giving our lives for somebody else
Now that's a song with some pep, Beverly. Yes, it uh, is. I was trying to figure out who uh, recommended this song to me, and I, I determined it might have been I think Bev it was me. that did it. That was my first time hearing that song oh, that really? I remember. Yeah, I don't, wow. I don't remember hearing that song. So tell me, Bev, what stood out about this song? What do you like about it? What What made you um, think this is a great song? The part that I really, podcast. yeah, I, I love the beat of this, and I, I looked at the uh, lyrics, and they showed a picture of the people. They're in the band, and they were like, they looked like they were dancing. I was yeah. like, yeah, all of a sudden we're on American Bandstand. It's got yeah. a good beat, and I can dance to it. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, anyway, this is something that, um, as much as I love it, it also convicts me, uh, because I believe that I have a habit of surrounding myself with people who are like-minded. I I feel a little less comfortable and less intimate with people who don't think like I think, and. Um, just to interrupt, I, do you think that's a, a good thing, a bad thing, or a, a neutral thing? I think it's a bad thing. I think it weakens my testimony uh, because a lot of the places where I feel uncomfortable would be where I feel like if I talked about Jesus, they would, you know, want me to leave the room. Okay. Um, okay. And that, that's all on me, and I'm, yeah. I'm ashamed of that. And I can see it being both, you know, having, I don't want to be stuck in an echo chamber. But I also don't want to go and just be a, with a bunch of contrarians. Yeah, you know? I so think, I, I, I can see it being both. Yeah, I can. Uh, I think you'd have to be careful. And like we've talked about a million times on this podcast. Oh, maybe not a million. We're on show 200. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, maybe 200 something. times. Uh, we, oh gosh, in saying that, I forgot my thought. Um, hmm. Oh, well, Sorry. it's gone. Sorry, Beth. No, 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 no. I, I interrupted myself. Anyway, I haven't gotten to the part that I love uh, and hate altogether it says but how are we going to love our enemies when we can't even love our friends we build walls but we're called to build bridges instead and um i've already shared a little bit you know about that that um i i believe that ever since i was really really little i i am incredibly uncomfortable where there's either opposition in the room or opposition uh, directly posed uh, at me or to me. Um, I can't think fast on my feet. Uh, my palms get real sweaty. I, I, I want to get out of there. I feel trapped. Uh, and I'm a little more comfortable speaking of my relationship with Jesus when I'm just sharing my testimony than I am with trying to maybe, I shouldn't use the word, not argue, but, uh, you know, discuss mm -hmm. the reasons why I believe what I believe. Um, I definitely get just completely flustered and don't know what to say when people ask me my political views. And usually I'll just choose not to say anything. But um, anyway, about that, I, I just, mm, I feel like that I have probably built up a lot of walls and which is why to me that it's thrilling that I feel like God is starting to break down those walls in me because I'm feeling so comfortable in the prison. Mm -hmm. That's been the best thing for me because it showed me, as my sponsor used to say, uh, well, it didn't kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm still coming back. I'm still whole. You know, I want to get back in the car after visiting and most of the time that brings the biggest blessings in my yes. life that I wouldn't be able to have if I didn't uh, cross that bridge instead of building a wall. Um, but the the risk to me is, is hard. 
And, and somebody asked me, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I don't really know. I, probably nothing. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like um, I'm scared that I can't handle it. Mm. You know? Yeah. And the thing that, that uh, jumped out at me on this song was a little bit of like what we're talking about right here on the show. It says, we might not be swinging our fists, but we'll talk mm. behind someone's back. Mm. And that idea of having a, uh, a risk tolerance with people so that we can build up an intimacy, it just strikes me that, you know, we have to be, I have to be purposeful about it. I have to be mm -hmm. intentional with my relationship building and what am I trying to form here? Is it is it a wall to protect me from evil or is it a wall to protect me from everybody who doesn't think like me? Because I think it's very important to have people who don't think like us. You know, I was having a conversation with one of our men just this last Saturday about that and the idea that if if my beliefs cannot withstand your challenge, then I might not believe what I think I believe. Right. And right. so if I shut you down every time you try to give me an opposing point of view, then that might mean that I think that I'm wrong, wrong. or I might not mm -hmm. think I'm as right as I want to be. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Um, is it okay if I talk about what Pastor Aaron was referring to? The, the Sure. Um, where he brought up this uh, quote that proximity uh, doesn't equate intimacy or whatever the exact quote was, but um, he was talking about the story in Mark 6 where uh, Herod was given a choice to do the right thing. And he was in close proximity with John uh, and had John built, the Baptist. John the Baptist, right, and had built a really close relationship with him and actually, I think, admired him and uh, was interested in what he had to say. But then when he was really, when it came right down to it, he made a really, really poor choice to follow the uh, peer pressure of the people in the room when they said um, that we, that the his wife's daughter demanded the head of John the Baptist on a platter uh, versus just actually admitting, ooh, I really, really made a big mistake here. I, I really need to back out of this. And so he was saying there that being close to it did not, uh, he was just one step away from that intimacy, but he chose not to engage. Yeah, and that led to, you know, the not following on our, not taking a relationship deeper led mm -hmm. to his or to his intimacy to his demise. Demise. That yeah. doesn't mean that every relationship that we have needs to be super intimate or we will fall. Right. Right. But we need to be aware of which ones we should pursue. And if you have a person who is holy, who is has good qualities and characteristics, I would suggest that that's a person that you should get to know more. Now, mm -hmm. the thing is, the more you get to know a person, the less shine you're going to see oftentimes. Right. You know, when I see the car that's waxed and polished, it looks great. But when I get inside, I don't see that paint job anymore. Now I'm seeing what's inside. And the closer I get to it, the more different it looks. And I'm sure 
well, I'm not sure, depending on your age, you may have done the thing with a magnifying glass and looked <laughs> at a, a newspaper and see that, that that picture that looks like a regular picture, when you get up to it, it's a bunch of dots, dots. and weird half tones mm-hmm. and, and strange mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, if you just get a magnifying glass and, and do a close-up of your skin, you'll see that it looks very different when you get up close. And as we get to know each other more and we reveal more, I'm going to be more apt to let people in slowly and give them a look at some of the stuff that they might find negative, that they might Mm -hmm. find repulsive Mm -hmm. or disturbing or awful. And I'm not going to tell those people right off the bat, just in a casual conversation, flying across the country on an airplane ride. That's going to be a person that I'm going to need to get to know and be willing to take that risk that they might leave me. Mm-hmm. because I've then shared this thing with them. And it's a process. Yes. Now, we said, our premise was that, you know, proximity does not necessarily equal intimacy. But I would also suggest that if you don't get close to something, you won't. I think it's a necessary ingredient to intimacy. And if not necessary, then at least it's extremely valuable and can help that process along uh, if you've got proximity to become intimate. If you're going to try to become intimate with someone and you're not going to get a a good proximity to them, I think it's going to be very difficult to pursue that because then what you have, you have a distant knowledge of them. Right. Which is another thing that that Pastor Aaron talked about is, you know, we can be knowledgeable about something. Satan is knowledgeable about Christ. But just being knowledgeable about it doesn't mean that he's intimate with it. And and perhaps that goes back to what you said, that the two-way street, the reciprocal nature of, of intimacy. Yeah, I, I suspect that if we ask a couple uh, who had to hold on to a long-distance relationship, they might have a lot to say about that. Um, and I th- what it comes down to for me is, actually, there was somebody in our family that had been going through this recently where one person was quite a distance away and they're getting married in December. Uh, and I believe what it boiled down to is they had to make sure that they had a common uh, language and, <clears throat> excuse me, and a way to <clears throat> communicate with one another so they understood that language. Yes. You know, otherwise... There would be a lot lost in translation. And they had to be really intentional about it. it well, really and, and to uh, pull the curtain back a little bit uh, on us, when I went to jail, we knew each other very well. We knew each other deeply, but there were a lot of things that we didn't know. We right. didn't have the right. level of intimacy. And, and one of the things that we did before I came back to try to start to build that intimacy was to try to just come up with common language and, yes. and talk about how do we talk about this? How do we talk about that? What is what is something that we can understand and how can we understand it so that we're not uh, minimizing or overemphasizing and, and coming together? Because you're if you want to foster intimacy, you should come in alignment. Yes. And, yes. and that doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody to be intimate. But you should come in alignment and have that that similar understanding of maybe this isn't where we are, but this is where we're headed. This yeah. is a, a place where we want to be, and that will draw us toward that intimacy more. Yeah. I want to jump off that comment that you made about uh, us being apart. 
during uh, your incarceration. And I just want to say, I think that when I look back on that, I remember very clearly, and in fact, I still have it right here in front of me in my Bible, what we started doing was we started writing letters back and forth to each other about Scripture. Yes. And um, what do you think this means? Well, this is what I think. Okay, this and this is what I think. Mm-hmm. And we would just, um, I just want I just want to say that I feel like it's really important that you get into God's Word together. Yes. I mean, uh, to come in alignment with God's will, how can you not come in alignment with one another? Three-stranded cord is stronger yeah. than two. Right, right. Yeah, and if God is that third strand, then you've got a really good foundation that you're building on. I do think, though, that if I look a- a- across America, probably everywhere in the world, I think we have to be really be- really be careful that we don't fall for that because uh, fall for whatever that is meaning that we don't misunderstand the word proximity to mean okay. that you just okay. take it for granted i just said that really poorly i guess it's a mess i up feel podcast. like this is my that, it's, you know it's what? on brand then, let's back it up and let me start over again i feel like there's been time in my life when um the word proximity i just assumed that would mean really really close yeah you know, and, and it doesn't. And this is actually the first time I really thought about that. Yeah. Was in the sermon on Sunday. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the other things that was said real quickly was, um, uh, Pastor Aaron pointed out that when Herod was given a choice to do what was right, he surrendered to what he was a slave to. Mm. So when we come together with another person or we come together with God, um, we need to be open, vulnerable, honest, and not only honest with it, with the other person, but with ourself about who we really are. That's, I think, the key person to begin with is, is for me to be honest with myself, because if I'm lying to myself and I'm believing my own lies, nothing you're getting is going to be fully reliable. Right. And right. it means that I'm willing to make my appearance malleable to fit what I think your mold might be which means you're not getting the truth and, and you can't be intimate with a lie. Right. Well, I was just thinking, you know, that that other person, the key to them knowing you is what comes out of your mouth and what you allow them to know. So they're going to be limited if you don't come out with it all, mm-hmm. you know, and especially it all depends on the degree of intimacy that you want, but especially for a husband and wife or a person relationship with Jesus, um, you you have to be willing to <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> to accept what it is that the other person um, is going to be um, presented with. Right. You, you got to tell them this is what I am. This is who I am. This is where I don't know myself, and I hope that I can explore that with you, and we can figure it out together. Yeah. And be willing to know that uh, you can always find and plumb new depths, that you can always be discovering new truths about yourself, about the other people, just like you don't read the Bible once and then put it up on the shelf, right. hopefully. You, you keep reading and finding those new things that speak to you in that moment, because otherwise we are a dead language and, and we want right. to be living, thriving creatures that are, are growing in our faith. I, I was thinking just a couple of days ago, we were laughing hard about something that you said. And you said to me, you know, Bev, I just love it that we've been married 28 years 
and we can still make each other laugh. Yes. And um, and it's not because we're getting senile. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, I could be getting senile just and not And it's not because it. we're getting senile. <laughs> yeah, right. And what did you say? And it's not because we're getting senile. <laughs> Would you repeat that again? But anyway, you know, it's the same thing. Um, I love it that I can still look at God's Word mm-hmm. after as many years as I've been trying to read it and sometimes really failing at that but um that his mercies are new every day and his scriptures are new every day and he can always bring something to my eye and to my spirit that will lift me up that i didn't think about before yeah so yeah well thank you bev and thank you listeners for getting intimate with us uh if you want to increase that level of intimacy you can send me an email at Podcast. We can share stories. Maybe you'd like to share your story with the people and show how your mess became a message so that other people can grow and and take your what people saw as mistakes and turn them into learning opportunities for people. You can give me a call or a text at 760-608-1942. You can join our rebuilding team and become part of the Nehemiah Project by texting the word MUM to uh, 760-WALLS-CA and help us to rebuild our Messed Up Ministries building. If you are in Ridgecrest, we are going to be having an event at the Messed Up Ministries Ministries building on December 10th for the Ridgecrest uh, Christmas Christmas Parade. parade. We're going to be giving away coffee at the parade to keep you warm. So come on down to the corner of Norma and Ridgecrest Boulevard and check us out to get some some coffee. Partner with Starbucks, so a free cup of Starbucks for you there. Anyhow, it's been our pleasure to do this. We are so thankful that you're doing this. We have um, this show, and then, you know, next week is uh, coming up on Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. And so uh, my friend Faith is joining us. We're going to have some uh, mm-hmm. some Thanksgiving talk, so be looking forward to that. And I hope that your Thanksgiving goes really well, and we will see you next time. We mess it up. And what were you saying? We're not getting senile. Oh, not that we're getting senile. Oh, what? Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up Podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess It Up.